Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition. It's episode 156, July 12, 2022. And I'm Gavin Pickin, joined by Dan Card this week. Welcome, Dan. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. How about yourself? Good. I'm doing well. So I got to say this ahead of time real quick. I'm actually, because of a random summer child moving around thing, I'm actually sitting on a bed. So if I look like I start bouncing here, it's probably because I am, and not just that I'm just excited to be here. So... This should be a professional thing, but it may involve me bouncing up and down by accident. Go ahead. If you told me that beforehand, I would have got my bouncy ball, so we could have both been bouncing into. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Hopefully, you guys are having as much fun as us. And as John Farrar said in the the Slack, well, not Slack, sorry, the live chat. Welcome to the Modernizer Die Pairing Day Edition. Well, almost. I'm actually a little underwhelmed with Prime to get started because Prime Day is usually a big deal. But one of the things I wanted to buy, I went on and had a look. And I bought this at Christmas time for like 160 on sale from like 180. And it's a, a special SanDisk hard drive. It's a SSD two terabyte thing with a little like carabiner clip, right? So I'm like, cool, let's see how much it is today. And apparently on special from $500 down to like 190. I'm like, wait a minute. I paid 160 on sale from 180 like six months ago. And now it went up from like. 100 200 like 200 bucks roughly to five like well, the supply chain issues got worse you know what i mean yeah you know, there's more scarcity now i'm like yeah they can say it's got 300 dollars off because they put this list price up 300 so anyway <laughs> not, not that impressed with prime day so far i haven't spent anything yet there yet but uh the day is still young but anyway <laughs> sounds vaguely <laughs> suspicious this is like this is supposed to be christmas in july why are you yeah. ruining it and Charlie said inflation. I'm like, yeah, that's inflation, all right. The list price just blew up. But it's like, let's just make our special look better by making it look like you're getting a deal, but really you're not. So, yeah. Anyways, it's all good. I'm sure there's some stuff there. To be honest, I buy too much stuff on Amazon. So when it gets to Prime Day, I'm like, oh crap, should have waited. But oh well. There you go. Considering it's considering your addiction so bad that Amazon Amazon itself is actually stepping into and doing an intervention. Yeah, sounds like it. Apparently, uh, oh, so apparently yesterday David Ballinger saved his card at $25 today. It's worth 50 but with free shipping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Anyway, so I wonder if people are just like, well, we still got to pay the shipping and everything else. We'll just make it look like a deal and people will buy it anyway. But anyways. Okay, well, first, let's thank our sponsors, Order Solutions. All right, thank you very much. Yes, Order Solutions, maker of Cold Box, Command Box, Forge Box, Test Box, all your favorite boxes out there. Uh, there's a couple ways to say uh, thanks back to Ordis. Um, one, come to the end of the box, buy some ITB tickets. In fact, what's interesting is my notes here just say buy some ITB tickets. You don't even have to come, just buy some tickets. <laughs> um, and come to the conference if you so choose, because it's going to be great. Uh, like and subscribe to our videos on YouTube. Uh, help Ordis reach out for the stars, star and fork our repos, um, get some visibility. Star all of your GitHub box dependencies. There's a, with command box, there is a, 
uh, command box hyphen GitHub module that you can actually download. We'll just go through and kind of star all the ones that are dependencies in your projects. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a pretty cool little way. Yeah, I really like that tool. It just makes it nice. That way you can support all those tools that you're using and not everything, you know, because obviously we got a lot of repos. We did start listing them out one time and we we're like, oh my gosh, this is getting out of control. But uh, uh, what are the sessions I'm doing at the end of the box? It's called Unpacking the Box. It's like, why are there so many box products and what are all the different modules and everything else? And I thought it was going to be like a five or six. Yeah, we'll highlight these big ones. But I started making a whole map of all these different things. And I think I'm up to like 70 or 80 different products and modules and everything else. We're going to walk through all of them, which is not not detailed, but just what they do with their names and that kind of stuff. It's I hear you. There's a lot. Yeah. Hold on. I'm um, going to just jump in here. So Scott uh, Steinbeck said, Keeper is a Chrome plugin that will embed a graph on the Amazon to show you the price fluctuation over time. That would well, be really go. interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, back to this. You can subscribe nice. okay, to our so- podcast uh, on the podcast apps. Leave us a review. You can sign up for a free or paid account on CFCast, which is releasing new content every week. You can buy something from the Box Life store and, and represent some Autos products. Uh, you can also buy the Autos book 102, Cold Box, HMVC, Quick Tips and Tricks on Gumroad. And uh, there's always our Patreon support. So we have 36 Patreons providing 100% of the funding for our Modernize or Die podcast. Uh, this is via our Patreon site, which is at patreon.com slash order solutions. Uh, that's our first goal. Our second goal for our Patreons is we are 43% of the way to fully funding uh, the hosting of Forgebox.io, which, as we all know, is a package manager. Um, uh, package manager, as well as an, a huge implemental role in the, in the ecosystem, at both be it at uh, Ortis use as well as a lot of people that are non Ortis, non R2 use. You know, you've made it. You know, Forgebox has made it because when it goes down, everybody starts complaining because it's running exactly. a build script here, it's running someone's test there. I mean, yeah, you know, you've done well when you hear everyone complaining because people actually rely on your stuff. It's one of those <laughs> things, it's like. You know that you've established a presence at that point. Whether you've done well means that the site's up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that's why we're always working on Forgebox reliability and everything, trying to improve that. And, Absolutely. Uh, makes makes a big difference so yeah thank you to all our patron supporters and we'll thank you properly at the end of the show too okay well let's get into our news and announcements and first up github copilot uh, works with cfml so a lot of people talked about github copilot for those who don't know it's basically uh, ai so as you code as you write comments and as you do other things it's actually uh, trying to figure out what you're going to write or what you might write and spit out some suggestions of what you might write. And so um, they had a, a beta version for a while, a lot of people using it, and they just released it um, for everybody. And it's a free trial. And then after that, it's like 10 bucks a month or $100 um, you know, for the year. And so it's pretty interesting, but I wasn't sure if it worked with CFML. I listened to the Working Code podcast, and uh, Adam Tuttle and Carol uh, over there were talking about it, and they used it, but they're doing a lot of TypeScript as well, this is CFML, so I wasn't sure if they're using it for one or both. Um, but yeah, so they, they did confirm it does work with CFML without any crazy configuration. So if you guys want to try some AI, uh, check that out. But it's apparently pretty cool. If you do like um, your documentation, sort of explains what you're going to do, maybe maybe the DocBox stuff will actually work pretty good. But basically, you type out what you wanted to do, and then it'll spit out what it thinks you want. And a lot of times, it's actually pretty accurate there. It's kind of crazy. So, so yeah. So, if you want to try that out, some AI-powered coding, uh, check it out. It's a VS Code extension, and pretty neat. It is very cool. All the links are now in the chat. You can go check it out. Cool, cool. 
All right. So Other big news. We, we got a release command box. Um, so this basically is a new feature. Actually, it's not released just yet. It's about to come oh, out. Oh, sorry. So. V, I, you're right. Yeah. V next. I apologize. Yes. V no next. So coming up soon. Um, supports enabling basic authentication or basic auth for cert only certain folders. So, for example, you can use it to make your um, for additional security in certain folders, not in others. Your uh, the the administrators or whatever sensitive folders you have. You, make, you can actually um, have them force basic off, um, but not have to do it for the entire site, which is great. Cool. Um, before we move on, uh, code uh, Scott said if we want to, oh, sorry, he wants to hack on the VS Code CFML plugin. And so he'd like to, um, you know, if anyone has any desires for improving that, the Kamasama K1, I assume, and then go and add it on the GitHub repo. And yeah, yeah Scott wants to play with that. So, um, just if you know, Kamasama K is the CFML plugin of choice. Um, but we'll talk about another option a little soon, a little bit here too. Okay. Eric gets a really good point. And anything also going back to the command box with the basic auth. If you type in box upgrade hyphen hyphen or dash dash latest, that will actually upgrade you to the version that has it now. Oh, really? Very cool. Okay, so there was a, an announcement I saw on Twitter um, from AWS. So AWS Identity and Access Management introduces roles anywhere for workloads outside of AWS. So if you're one of those people that loves IAM from AWS, uh, now you can use it outside of AWS. Uh, and when I read this, I was like, wait a minute. IAM is the most confusing <laughs> stuff in the world. Nobody likes it. Everybody hates it. And now we can use it on other applications? Yeah, nah. But uh, if you are using AWS and you have to use IAMs, it makes sense for those things that you are doing outside of AWS that you use the same set of you know roles and permissions and everything else. But I don't think, I don't think IAM is bad. I think it's the fact you have to put it on everything you add to AWS, and there's a million things you have to add to AWS, That's just it. There are and then so add it to everything. Like microscopic level permissions you can do. It's like all we wanted to do was read something, but there's like seventeen hundred options on what to read yeah um but thing on this I, I i read this also and i was thinking okay what we need to do make an iam account in aws use whatever wizard they have available to get that one right and then copy that security policy over to whatever your external one is going to be because trying to do those by hand is going to be insane yeah definitely you have to definitely use a tool to make it easier i mean they do have some good templating and everything else but anyway i thought it was funny but at the same time if you're using aws and IAMs, it's kind of nice that you can do that and so that link is in there too if you want to yeah. check that out it's kind of like up there where they say oh just use regex for that ah yes <laughs> yeah now gotcha. you got two problems <laughs> i got two problems <laughs> i hear you all right couple of, uh coming up we got some into the box updates uh so the early bird ticket pricing is done uh, we extended through the 4th of July, but that's over now. Now, I often wondered why we're telling things that you could have done, but it's to foment or to foment a sense of urgency in you uh, that there is a new round of tickets that are out there. Um, the in-person schedule is finalized on the website. The third track has uh, been published. We have a new speaker, John Ferraris, is, is, um, is coming, and uh, we have new sessions from the speakers that are up. And also the workshops are starting to fill up, so don't miss your chance. So the workshops, I think we have, what are there, Gab, there's four? There's there five, five workshops. There's five, okay. Yep, five so workshops, and, and right can, now we have about, we usually try and lock it down to 10 per per workshop, so that way we don't have too many people and we can give them the care and the, you know, the hand-holding they need to do it, because these are hands-on workshops. Um, so yes. The list is on the website, but Luis and Eric are doing one on futures, right? 
I'm doing one on refactoring. Well, I'll share my screen for those watching, and then we can just Oh, how about we do that? Off. That would be a wonderful idea. Yeah, so we go to workshops. So, yeah, Luis and Eric are going to be talking about asynchronous programming and scheduling. Then we got John Clawson and Grant Copley talking about containerizing and scaling your applications. Uh, your one, which is you and Alan, are going to be talking about legacy code conversion to the modern world. And then Testbox, getting started with BDD, TDD, oh my. And then the Vue.js, Spa, and mobile apps with REST APIs is going to be me and Daniel. Oh, sorry, the Testbox is done by Brad and Javier. I didn't Brad mean to leave their names off there. No, the <laughs> Vue.js one, that one's, that one's just about full. Is that, is that what you said before? Um, it's filling up fast. Um, it's definitely got a lot of people's attention. That's the one that we actually put up on Twitter so people could vote on it. And so, yeah, we, the first few that came in, they were all for that. But we've got uh, quite a few for each of them now. It's it's pretty well spread. I have to go check the numbers and confirm. But, you know, once we get to that that sort of maximum size, we can try probably get one more TA for, for one of them. But, you know, the, the size of the room is the issue, you know. Right. And John Farrar's making jokes in the chat saying, can we do the async workshop at the same time as another workshop? Yes, the async workshop will be the same time as four others, but you can only go to one, John, because you're single-threaded. Sorry. I see what you did there. Good. That's so, yeah. true. So, yeah. but there's met a, someone who's not so much single-minded as just single-threaded. They, they can think about one thing at a time, yep. which is great. It's just very confusing for those of us that can't that can't think about one thing at a time. Just is nuts. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. So check out that website, uh, enterthebox.org. Um, if you get up there, you can see, uh, like I said, the schedule's been updated. We moved a couple of people around. Uh, we added a couple more sessions from a couple of speakers. Uh, we had a few sponsors that weren't sure if they're going to make it or not, so we had to save a few spots for them. Um, but yeah, we're, we're done there. And so the in-person schedule is finalized. The the other schedule for the pre-conference should be up soon. Um, we're just getting the last couple of spots there. And uh, we've already announced six of the speakers. We've got uh, a few more to announce there. It'll be pretty cool. Um, I'm excited about it. So we got like 38 or 40 sessions or something this year through the pre-conference and the actual conference in person. So I'm excited. So a lot of cool stuff going there. Um, but yeah, end of the box to all. We're updating the site all the time, adding stuff to the blog all the time. So go check it out. Okay, next up, new releases and updates. So this started as a tweet from James Moberg on Twitter. Um, he was talking about how his cold fusion taffy API was timing out to a third party MySQL table lock or whatnot. And he started playing with this new tool and I thought it was pretty cool. So I wanted to share that with you guys. And so this is called Monica. Share my screen. So the, the selling point is get WhatsApp notifications when your web app is down or any other okay. communication channel. It's quick, easy, and completely free. So it's open source. It's pretty neat. Um, they have a, you know, some testimonials here, but basically decide what you want to monitor, install it, some YAML, run it, um, and it integrates with a lot of things. Desktop, Discord, Facebook, Google Chat, LockSuite, never nice. heard of that one, Mailgun, Microsoft Teams, you know, quite a few. It's got webhooks, send grids, pushover, quite a lot of different things. So Slack, SMTP. So I'm sure there's probably going to be more added all the time. Um, Is that Pinterest? No, pullover. Sorry. I'm like... <laughs> Why don't you want to post a glitch to Pinterest? Never yeah. mind. Don't mind me. Continue on. Yeah. So uh, it's you know there's a few up out there. Uptime monitors is pretty popular. There's a few uptime robot I think as well. Um, but yeah, so it's a pretty cool little little thing. And again, it's free. And James has it working with CFML. So obviously you can do it. 
but pretty neat. So, um, looks like a pretty interesting tool and again, free. So nice. open source synthetic monitoring, I say synthetic monitoring command line application actively developed completely free. So yeah, if you guys are looking at changing it up or trying something different, um, well, it's in the link right now. Oh, oh, oh James is even in here talking about it. So it's a single portable executable. Ooh, it's pretty nice. You know what? We should make a command box module for that. <laughs> Monica.hyperjump.tech. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So did everyone know about this .tech domain? I did not know about that till, till last week, I think, or something like that. There's a ton of them like, out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. .tech, .rocks, .tips, .you name it. I'm yeah. gonna make my own domain domain high high level. Like you could, and that's the thing is that's why not all registers actually have them all because basically you you have to file paperwork for a, for a TLD and you basically create it, create all the the regulations and rules around it, everything. So they're all like custom, and that's the thing is they're yeah you can make your own kind of crazy one. I don't know what the procedure is or how much it costs you know to get, but basically it's you know sort of distributed. In that exactly. way, exactly. It'd be like dot Dan, so it'd be like, but my site dot Dan. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Oh, okay. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to believe that David didn't mean to put Dan dot card dot sucks, but I will <laughs> move on. My 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 uh my esteem is intact. I appreciate it. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> yep. I'm kidding. Um, but that is a good point. You wouldn't want you would not want to have dot sucks as your uh as your uh, domain name. Probably wouldn't hmm. be well, unless you want to, yeah, do some negative publicity. <laughs> Eric put the damn dot negative card. publicity. That was Eric. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, a dot gov. I think that there is a special process, and you have to be obviously a registered governmental entity in order to do that. Kind of like a kind of like a college. Can it, can yeah, the dot edus and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yep, I'm sure there is. So, uh, all right. Well, coming up also. Now, in case you missed it, Adobe Cold Fusion build versus code the beta. Um, do you want to help us test and improve our upcoming Adobe Cold Fusion Builder extension for VS Code? Uh, the time is nearly here. People are collecting email addresses for people that are that are interested in. Yeah, they may um, have already started it. To be honest, this is a you know, yeah. We they posted this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm gonna have to create a Bitly link to share it because it's too long. Um, but yeah, so just if you guys are interested, uh, they are releasing it. Um, they've going to be showing it off next week as well. So don't forget yeah, that next week. Yeah, is the full open launch. Other products is coming shortly after Dev Week. This is your opportunity to get a chance to get early, test it, and help it make it as awesome as possible. There is a note that says there may be bugs. Um, it should not be used in production during the beta testing. Yep. So it's yeah, it's just one of those tools that's trying to uh, you know improve the whole uh, workflow for Cold Fusion Builder basically, but it's in VS Code. So it'd be kind of cool to see what they've done, and uh, you know I know that some of the other VS Code extension builders from the CFML community is curious what's available and what we could tap into because obviously the more tools we all share as a community, the better the community will be. So cool. So that's that for new releases and updates. Next up, we have webinars, meetups, and workshops. And this Friday, July 15th at 1 p.m., I'm doing another one of my Coding with the Kiwi and Friends. My special guest this week will be Will De Bruin, and we're going to be talking about CB validation. And just um, before I, I, I let Dan tell us a bit, bit more about it, um, Will has actually talked uh, at 
into the box about CB validation. He actually contributes to the project. So he's like one of the top people to talk to about CB validation. So uh, we're going to be meeting before that to be a little more prepared because Ville wants to be prepared. And he gave me like a two page note of possible talking points. I'm like, well, he's prepared. So we've got lots of stuff we could be talking about. So, uh, so yeah, so Ville is, uh, Yep, he's going to be there helping me out and we're going to discuss a few different things and show a few different things. And I think it's really good because, you know, like like most things in programming, there's 10 different ways to do it. And we're just trying to find better ways. And so, you know, I'll show you what I do. Phil will talk about what he does. And then we'll try and figure out if there's like a middle ground or, or whatnot. So I'm looking forward to that. Makes sense. Okay, so that is one of our special events where basically it's for Patreons only. Uh, a lot of the stuff we do obviously is open source, it's open for everybody, but occasionally we do this stuff just for Patreons uh, or, or paying customers. In this case, this is a Patreon event. Uh, so Patreons, check your email. Um, there'll be emails sent Wednesday or tomorrow um, with, with a re registration link, or you can keep an eye on the Patreon-only um, Box Team Slack channel um, or in the Ordis community forum section, which there's a Patreon community section on there. Uh, now, if this has made you jealous and you're not a Patreon, sign up today or wait for us to release a recording on CFCast after the session. Um, yeah, but that'd been really good. I mean, last time me and Daniel did one and uh, David Ballinger, who's in the chat here, asked a, a question. He's like, sorry for taking down the rabbit hole, but it was actually really interesting. We got off, you know, and tried to explore a little bit because a lot of times people ask me stuff. I'm like, I don't know, but let me figure it out. And so live coding session, kind of play with it, right? And so it, it turned out really good. Um, and we actually thought it'd be like a small turnout with the 4th of July weekend and everything. But uh, yeah, it was really good. And so that one is up on CFCast now as well. So uh, if cool. you guys haven't seen that one check that out we're doing api documentation and we got into a little bit about testing and stuff too so it was probably turned out to be one of the better ones thanks to david and his rabbit hole so. isn't that great like actually I, I i teach college class and it's been remote which means it's been mostly async which i can't like which is fine i don't mind it but on the other hand just the live back and forth i think you end up like everyone kind of just benefits from that because you have all this collective wisdom in the room and then you can kind of go from there we had a question that the webinar i did last week that actually has now spawned like a blog post and a couple of videos and everything else and so i i i hear you yeah for sure uh, adobe developer week is next week july 18th through the 22nd yeah it's back better than ever um this year the experts are getting up to host a series of webinars and all things cold fusion which makes sense it's it's developer week um you can register for it now, uh, and I'll put the link up as you go. But that's starting next week, so uh, make sure you sign up and yep, and get going with that. Okay. Yep, I'm just making sure I got the right link here for your webinar, which is the next thing we're going to be talking about. Because oh, um, did I remind you of it? <laughs> uh, I was meant to add it on, but I completely forgot. Because uh, yeah, anyway. Cool. Um, All right. So well, on that note, because of the live back and forth in last month's uh, webinar, we're doing a follow-up this week, which or this month, which is a, a, a legacy migration follow-up using Coldbox with with an existing code base. So it's the idea that you have a whole site that's built and it is working, but you need to either upgrade it or whatever. Um, but you can't you can't transform it immediately into a Coldbox site just because that takes time and effort and everything else. And you need to keep the site up and running. Is there a way to do that gradually? And the answer is yes. And we're going to look at about four or five different ways and, and steps along the way that you can actually do to make that happen. And like I said, that also came out of a great question um, uh, from Derek, which was great. And I'm basing on Derek's last name, even though I emailed him last night and I apologize. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And like I said, we're going to put that later in the year, but because your workshop's coming up and that question was, you know, generated a, a lot of 
good you know response and that's the thing these live sessions with this interactivity is really great and you know same thing with the chat you know the podcast is great to listen to later but if you guys are around for the live jump in the chat you know it's it's good we get a little more information um you know a lot of the people that were we're you know, interacting a lot of patrons are in here and it's it's really great to have the support but yeah also good content too uh, scott just sent me something um about generating json schemas from api responses as well so i'm like we'll have to tie that in as well so it's it's cool to see that that stuff and yeah we like the interaction and my apologies to derek it's derek bose i'm so sorry that i that i, that I forgot your last name but i do want to just leave you hanging there all right yep cool cool so next up we have a uh, in case you missed it uh last week um i was actually on the online cf meetup and i did a planning and building my developer feud quiz api and i think it actually went really well um so it was very much an analytical session uh not a lot of code i did touch in and show a little bit of code but it was basically planning things out and so it kind of built on top of um you know all the the coding of the key we were basically building this this app out so uh, this one sort of went back to the the planning piece so you know planning based on user stories and mapping it to the database and models and then looking at how we can build our api you know and then using those user mo uh, user stories to generate our tdd style test because we have the scenario given then when you know formats and stuff with test box so it just all made sense and came together nicely so that recording is up on youtube and the slides are up and there's uh, code as well well actually there's no code on this one um but yeah so it's uh i think that went really well too but it's a good philosophy one nice. yes for sure so okay so whoever said the coding was 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 not philosophical there's definitely philosophy to all this behind the scenes yep uh, so cool. that link is shared and then all uh, right well along with along with developer week next week adobe has all day workshops that are coming up um basically you join the adobe cold fusion workshop learn how you and your agency can leverage cold fusion to create amazing web content or at least the delivery system for amazing web content the text really is up to you after that this one day training will cover all facets of adobe cold fusion that developers need to build applications that can run across multiple cloud providers or on premise um the next one is on tuesday august 9th yeah um, Brian Sepp, he's going to be doing that one. And that's, so that's Eastern time. Sometimes we have some in the European time zone by Damien, but this one is the US time zone. So 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, like you said, Tuesday, August the 9th. And I'll put the link up here for that one. Cool. And then uh, we have another one, a webinar as well, right? And that's on August 18th. That's by Mark Takata. Uh, that is at 10, 10 a.m. Pacific time. So 1, 1, 1, p 1 p.m. Eastern. And that's called making games with Adobe Cold Fusion. So between Gavin's thing on basically his 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 developer feud game, and then this one, you'll be able to work for Sega. <laughs> well, just to be clear, mine is a quiz game. It's not quite as cool as a real game game, but I'm not sure what type of games Mark's going to be making. So I guess we have to tune in and find out about that one. Okay, and then um, of course there are a whole bunch of uh, Adobe events. They have it up on their site. And so they're they're posting them there quite often, and uh, a lot of times they're posting them over to YouTube, or they have recordings on that site too. So um, check out that at meetus.adobeevents.coldfusion.com. Oh, sorry, adobeevents.com/coldfusion. Yeah, meetus.adobeevents.com/coldfusion. Do not go. Never mind. I was going to make it. I was going to revert back to the Doc sucks thing, but that doesn't <laughs> sound very nice, and I was like kidding. So continue on. Okay, CFCast content. Uh, so CFCast is our video training resource, and we have a lot of great stuff up there. With 4th of July last week, we had a little bit of a quieter week. We just released um, 
uh, Forgebox module of the week and uh, one VS Code hint tip and trick of the week. So those released last week, but don't worry, we've got more coming at you. What are we, What should they be expecting, Dan? Uh, they've got a couple things. One is the last video from uh, from Kevin Pickin, which is published your first Forgebox package. That's coming up pretty soon. Um, there is Logbox 101 series from Eric Peterson that actually is in the process of being uh, rolled out. I think about at least half of it is, is has been released. The other half is is, is coming soon. Um, Gavin's coding with the Kiwi process or uh, or series basically is up there. That this is after the fact. Again, if you want to watch live, become a Patreon. Uh, there's also more Forge Pox and VS Code podcast snippets videos. Um, Gavin's, Gavin's been going through and taking those little snippets from the podcast and making them their own series. So you can kind of go through and if you're in a VS research kind of mode, just go through and kind of watch all the stuff that's there. And uh, sometimes it's, it's easier to absorb that way, you know, as long as the content is kind of collected that way. Um, there's also a thing on boxifying a third-party library, and um, yeah, so that's lots coming of, up. Lots of great content coming your way soon, so yeah, keep checking it out. was a great yeah. webinar that happened last month that I think is going to be on there soon. It's already on there. We already announced oh, that. Oh, it's already on there. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, I think I put that on there on the Monday right after it, so it's been up there too. So um, yeah, for those who haven't been to CFCast, um, it does require a login so you can watch more content, but you, the logins are free. And I'll show my screen. Whoops, wrong button. And then if you go to series, you can see the different series. So you got the coding with the Kiwi and friends, logbox, VS code. And then if you go to explore more, you can see a lot more. And so we have the publisher first Forgebox package and under webinars is where our webinars are. And you see tons of webinars and there's your one right there, Dan. Oh, very cool. Sorry, so I just had a little insecure moment there. Yep, including so, too. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in there. Um, and then obviously, if you guys are interested, there's other stuff on Into the Box 2021 and other different things. So um, a lot of great content. If you go to browse, you can see the most recent content that's just come out. And we already have a Logbox 101 email appender came out four hours ago. So I didn't even get that on the, on the list. So whoops. Um, so yeah, that one's out as well. <laughs> this is a very educational podcast. We learn stuff here all the time. So I'll add that to the show notes for those listening. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So that's your CFCast roundup for the week. Conferences and training. So we have a, a conference that just happened this last uh, weekend. Uh, it's the Quasar Comp. So for those who don't know, Quasar is an awesome framework for using Vue.js. And it can basically give you the option of writing code once and uh, exporting to all these different formats. So it supports uh, SPAR, so single page applications, PWAs, progressive web apps, and you've got things like uh, iOS apps, Android apps, macOS apps, Windows apps, that supports Cordova and Capacitor. It supports a lot of a lot of things and it makes it really easy just to have that code written once and export. And I use it a lot and that's what I'm gonna be showing off in a lot of my presentations coming up. And don't worry, the presentations are different. They're not all the same, but we'll be using the Quasar to make Vue.js super cool and if you're yeah. if you're looking for a component library or css quasar has a lot of that stuff in it. it has utilities and everything else it is really pretty slick and it gives you all the formatting all the structure you need uh, i love it so it's a great little little project and uh so we're using it in quite a lot of, so i think you guys should check that out but the recording it's a four-hour conference that they had this last weekend it's all up on youtube and you can go check it out and they have the previous years up there as well Cool. I'm pasting that link as we speak. Yeah. Let me start putting labels on these. I'm noticing you have very nice and polished labels on them that you post up there, and I just do the actual URL. And without context, it probably is very confusing. Uh, 
All right, coming up in about a week on July 25th, so in about two weeks, actually, um, we have that conference. There are full-stack tech-obsessed community of fun, code-loving humans who share and learn together. We geek out in Texas and Wisconsin once a year, but we host digital events all the time. The next conference is coming up in the Wisconsin Dells in Wisconsin on July 25th to the 28th of this year. Uh, it's a four-day summer camp for developers passionate about learning all things mobile, web, cloud, and technology. And one of the speakers is none other than Daniel Garcia, uh, yep. and he's speaking. And it's going to be actually... easier API development and testing. Use Postman, Webhook, Site, and Ngrok to enhance enhance your workflow. I'm going to put that go. on the show notes. But yeah, he's in the African AD room. Uh, it's going to be in person only. But uh, I love this this conference. I'm going to have to go next year. Got to make sure it fits around the water polo Olympics that we go to. But um, I'm excited because they go to water park. I love water parks. Anyway, <laughs> I love that you can't go to the conference because you have to go to the Olympics. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I do I do say it's pretty cool to see my kids playing water polo in the Junior Olympics. There's like a thousand teams going to be at this tournament, so pretty right, neat. Pretty yep, and then um, we also have the Adobe Developer Week, which we talked about. So July 18th through the 22nd, it's online, virtual, free. Um, speakers have been announced. Jenna has been announced. Uh, Luis and I and Charlie and Brian Sappy are all on the first day. So on Monday. Don't forget, you've got a whole day full of great talks. So Charlie's going to be talking about more modern than you realize for Cold Fusion. Luis is going to be talking about modern, functional, and fluent CFML REST APIs. I'm going to be building apps with Vue.js and Cold Fusion APIs. I'm going to build the developer feud game on top of my Cold Fusion API. And then uh, Brian Seppi is talking about CI, CD pipelines with Cold Fusion 2021. So that's just the first day. So there's uh, five days, a lot of great content, some a lot of names you'll recognize there. So it's going to be great content. You should definitely check it out. You know, ah, I, 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 I thought I was sharing the screen. I wasn't. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> there we go. So there's Charlie, Luis, <laughs> me, and Brian. And then, yeah, tons more days. Sorry oh, about that. Sorry, me staring up in a space there. Which is, I, I wonder if there's ever a time when like, you have a community of people that kind of feel that they're not really respected by a wider community. And so they just work incredibly hard, feeling that they have to work twice as hard to kind of prove this validation. But if they ever stopped and looked around, they realize we're actually kind of ahead of the game in some things. I'm, I'm wondering if there's a little bit of that going on in like Cold Fusion world because you read about stuff that's happening and it's like, oh yeah, CF's there or CF's there or Ortis is doing this or Adobe's doing that or someone actually hooked up like serverless, you know, like Pete's I'm hooking up serverless with Lucy two years ago or something. Yep. Just, I don't know. Random thoughts. Yep. Like most things, every language has got its pros and cons. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, the language that you're using um, usually is a lot better than the language that you don't know how to use. So, you know, you can obviously improve, but uh, something to be aware of. True, true. All right. Coming up starting tomorrow, actually, we have Vue.js.forge. Uh, Vue.js.forge. It's this week, uh, tomorrow and Thursday. Um, it's organized by Vue School. It's the largest hand-on Vue.js event um, that exists. Team up with thousands of fellow Vue.js developers from around the world to build real-world application in just two days in this free hackathon-style event. Um, make connections, build together, learn together, set up as an individual or as a company. The company deal is $2,000, but for a team of five, and it includes a Vue School annual membership and a guaranteed seat at the workshops at Vue.js Forge as well. And you can pick your team. It does not have to be everyone from the same email domain or from your company, you can pick your own team. Yeah, that starts um, tomorrow. So I don't even know uh, if you can get in this late or not. Uh, but yeah, it's 
it's going to be pretty fun. Uh, project management, building like a Trello SaaS app. They're using a whole bunch of tools I haven't even seen or heard before. So, uh, yeah, go check it out if you want to get in last minute. Um, but, yeah, it's tomorrow and Thursday. So it's going to be fun. And that and is that Vue.js Forge. Oh, you beat me to it. I beat you to it. If you talk, I'll post. That's that's okay. the easy way. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> go with your specialties. I like it. <laughs> yep. So end of the box 2022. It's going to be September 6th, 7th, and 8th. We already talked about it. We have the one-day workshop before the two-day conference. We have the pre-conference before that. The workshops are filling up. I see a couple of them are almost filled, but there are a few more spots left. Uh, we will try and uh, enlarge one of them if we can. It just need to, uh, depends on size, you know, uh, size of the rooms. But we want to make sure that we give everyone who attends, you know, the utmost attention and care to make sure they get the most out of the workshop. And you can find out more on intothebox.org. And uh, the blog has new updates all the time, and uh, there's tons of great information there. Uh, don't forget, book your flight soon before prices go up. Use the the code on the on the registration to to do that. And um, yeah, we're excited. We'll see you guys over in Houston in September. Yeah, I submitted my uh, my my travel things to Agardo, and I think it's like seven hours later, it went, it already went up by like thirty forty bucks. So hopefully, it just got approved, thankfully. Which cool, is good. cool. So what else um, we got? Okay, uh, coming up in October, October third and fourth is Adobe CF Summit, um, the CF uh, Summit Conference, followed by, on October 5th, we have the Adobe Certified Professional, Adobe Cold Fusion Certi uh, Certification Class and Tests. Um, so those are happening. It's a three-day thing. Third and fourth is the actual Summit Conference. The fifth is the Certified Professional Test. Now, the registrations are open. It's $99 for the conference. Um, and essentially that the early bird goes through June 30th. It might still be open. We're not sure. Yeah, um, it looks like it is, surprisingly. It same, is. Okay. same with the call for speakers that are supposed to have closed already, but the form's still there, so I'm not sure. Cool. I guess we'll find out. If you didn't yeah. submit, go do it, because you might still be able to sneak one in there. That works. I bet they're just busy getting ready for Adobe Developer Week, so they probably just haven't closed it off yet. But but yeah, and then... Uh, and the, their overwork is your benefit. Yep. Uh, there is the Adobe Certified Professional. We've posted some information in the show notes before, but basically it's not the same as they've done previously. It's a newer, harder version, um, but it's meant to be rewarding. Hundreds of hours of videos to go through before you get to the one-day lecture and the test. Um, so we'll be uh, sharing that in the show notes if you want more information. Um, but yeah, it's basically it's a good workshop. But if you're not sure about taking that one-day workshop, we have a two-day workshop for them, right, Dan? We do. Okay, so Coldbox Zero to Mega Hero, REST APIs, um, and Vue.js mobile app. That is on um, October 5th and 6th. It's a two-day uh, two training after CF Summit is over. So CF Summit, 3rd and 4th. The test on the 5th. The Aurora CF Summit training workshop is on the 5th and the 6th. Um, it's going to really be led by Luis and Gavin. Uh, again, it's a two-day event. The price is $7.99. That's the only bird pricing. Um, but this is going, this is basically sounds like it's going to be pretty much all of cold box. I mean, not just zero to hero, but zero to mega hero. Um, it is located in the Aria, uh, in the, in the luxurious executive hospitality suite, like in 2019. So I guess they, uh, it'll be in one of the executive suites and, um, yeah, they're trying, we're, tr we're trying to keep the cost here as reasonable as possible. The suite actually literally doubled in price <laughs> since 2019, but we're trying to hard to keep the cost down. So we're working on that. Yep. 
for sure. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Uh, we really like the setup and everything. It's, uh, it's a great venue and it's cost effective, even though the price is doubled, it's still better than some of the other options. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully you guys will enjoy it. We'll see you there. Luis and I'll be leading that and we'll probably have a, a couple of TAs if we get the numbers. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And again, we're going to start it's yeah. Cold box zero to hero going all the way to mega hero. So we'll do, you know, database migrations and quick setup and rest apis and cb security and cb validation and documentation and then we'll do some vue.js setup and we'll use quasar in that to develop a mobile app but we'll also better spit out some other things so um don't worry it's not developer feud it's going to be different we've got a different plan for this one um, but it's going to be a great little a little tool and it'll be fun to build and hopefully we can see you guys there i think it's good this if they're doing all that <laughs> Damn, there's still seats available. There's still seats available. I may <laughs> there, have to be there. There might be an orders discount for you. <laughs> I, 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 I would hope so. I, yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm, do, I'm, I'm doing both for a client and also just for some stuff coming up into the, the box. The, uh, I feel like there's always one more thing that I realized I, I just, oh, I know all of this except for that big glaring chunk of obviousness that I mm. need to do the learning curve on. So. Yep, there's a lot of stuff out there for sure. Um, you know, that's for what sure. we're trying to do is just keep our levels up and have the right tools to do the do the things the best we can. But we also have another conference, Into the Box Latam 2022. It's going to be December 5th or 7th. We're trying to finalize those dates, uh, and we're we're planning for that now. So we've got the we're trying to figure out which of the U.S. team is going to be traveling down there. Um, so there'll be you know a lot of great speakers down there from our Autos team in El Salvador, as well as a lot of the Autos regular teams there. And it's going to be a one-day conference. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I know that the last few have been really successful. And just a reminder for those, no CF Camp 2022. They're trying again for summer 2023. I'm sure they'll have an announcement as soon as they can clarify. Obviously, just too much uncertainty with travel and everything else. Um, so they'll let us know as soon as they can. But they are coming back. We will have one, and I will make it to Europe for a CF camp before they close it all down like they did with Scotch on the Rocks. I swear, as soon as I say I'm going somewhere, it doesn't happen. So yeah. So maybe I should shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin is never going to that conference. We should have it again. Also, uh, if you are in need of more conferences, there is always confs, confs.tech, C-O-N-F-S dot tech. And that is a list of conferences for almost any programming language and community that's out there. And so you said you didn't know anything about the dot tech, didn't you? And that one we've been talking about for months. <laughs> that's true. I guess this was just blind reading and blind copying and pasting. I guess. Uh, it's yeah. okay. It's okay. Okay. Well, next up, let's talk about blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. And uh, this week we have our own special Gray Desmond corner. Uh, and Gray tweeted earlier today saying, I look like I'm prolific, you know, <laughs> like one of the, the all-stars of the Cold Fusion community, but apparently these are just all posts that were on the Cold Fusion portal. They finally all got approved the same day. So Gray's got a bunch of stuff out there. So the first one, when I'll share my in the notes, I was like, I've never heard of Gray Desmond. I don't know who that is. So I went over there and I was like, but crap, these, these, these are great. You should write more. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. He's like, uh, Gray also said it's like, well, it might be that you already know this uh, setup, but you know, one of them was don't forget the built-in web server, you know, and it's one of those things like it does work, it does have it, uh, you know, it's um, you know, command box is obviously the way Autos develops for a lot of things, but there are you know, there's other ways to do things that you don't have to use Autos tools, you don't have to use command box, and if you have uh, you know, 
traditional ColdFusion installed, there is a warp server built in. So this one just reminds you of that and how to get to a port 8500. Um, you know, and again, it's just one of those little things. And like Gray said, you might already know this, but they're they're nice reminders. So that was the first one. What do we have for the next one? Uh, next, actually, this is really really kind of a, kind of validating. It says it's okay to have trust issues. Basically, he was working on an API call recently and realized we we all know that we shouldn't trust stuff necessarily from the user. But this reminder also goes to other people that are just not you. So, for example, there was a um in this in this issue, he was he was talking about how he had an API request that was working perfectly. But an input, one input that he sent added another comma into it, which obviously broke the J, uh, broke the JSON. And so he just, you know, but he didn't have any validation on it, basically saying, you know, is it JSON? Is it real? Da, 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 and everything else. So obviously his app broke even because the, the API broke. Um, and he was going through kind of like a little bit about a reminder and some techniques about getting around that, which was kind of cool. And uh, yeah, just uh, basically if it's not you, it could which is which is sometimes the opposite sometimes you have like this self-doubt it's like oh i trust code from these people because they know what they're doing i may not but they do you know <laughs> don't underestimate yourself <laughs> yep for sure and then uh, another one from gray um and that one is talking about letting your non-development colleagues update text on your site with a simple json file so this is pretty interesting uh, it ties into um almost some of the other blog posts that we're going to be talking about soon like I said, he's and if you can line it with his earlier one, make sure you have a validation for that too, I would guess. Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to say. Oh, so, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, because yeah, I mean, uh, non-developers, you know, giving you JSON files to get text and everything else. I'm like, um, that might be one of those things where, yeah, validation is, is very important. Um, so simple JSON file, but yeah, just again, these little workflows. But again, file exists, you know, read the file. Is it JSON? You know, and basically deserializing it, looping through collections. Um, but yeah, it's, it's basically, you know, a nice little, an idea and, you know, all these little things that people build, it's something else, somebody else might need, you know, so sharing them is, is a good thing. So if you want to find out more about how that works, very cool. Yeah. And rounding out the gray, uh, the, uh, the gray corner here, um, you know, actually, this is, this is a really interesting thought too. So he talks about kind of like an analogy, like if you've ever been at a gas station and they have the emergency shutoff switch, basically you're kind of like something happened, there's an accident, you just hit the button and the whole thing shuts down. And they're talking about basically, can we do we need, do we need that for our sites? Um, and so he actually walks through, um, actually you know walk you know walks through basically what uh, how would you do that? And so this was all about putting together that that uh, scenario. That's kind of cool. A gas station yeah, shut off for your website. Is that when you're just too explosive? Yeah, basically. Basically, if you are too amazing. Uh, but it, I mean, but it makes sense. You know, basically, like something, like I just had this, um, not a real life example. Basically, it's the kind of thing where you think of it like, all right, we need to bring it down for routine maintenance, for advanced maintenance, or just something happened, a certificate expires. You know, it's like, all right, hit the button, and it actually puts up a, you know, temporary, you know, sits, puts up a nice message basically. And mm -hmm. then um, you can fix your thing and then go on with life, which Andy. Yeah. And so Peter in the chat said he has a shut off built into the load balancer. And that's what I was going to say too. If you're using something like Nginx or whatever in front of it, you may have a maintenance um, root folder that you just switch your, your URLs to point at that instead or something. 
but this is a nice little setup too. I mean, just putting in the setup request and yeah, just looking at a date and going from there. So very cool. You prolific person, you gray, good stuff. Different. Four posts in one day. You're amazing. <laughs> you did but, say this tweet because it basically was, a, it was, a, it was a couple weeks, couple weeks worth of material that all got approved at the same time. Yep. Crazy. Which was reassuring because I'm like, I don't understand how like Ben does it or all these people just have like 10 different blog posts yep. at a time. And just so you guys know, Ben has been moving the last week. That's why he's only done a couple. So <laughs> <laughs> next up, we just had one come in from uh, Charlie in the chat. Um, so Fusion Reactor 8.8 just released. Um, so he talks about that there. Um, several bullet points in the release notes that you should uh, care about, but TLDR, if it's enough for you to know that Fusion Reactor is now updated, those bullets may suffice. Um, but you know now know what you need to know. And so at this point, it gives you more context. So uh, read this here, or ask Charlie's in the chat. Um, we'll see if metrics are now sent to the cloud. Hmm. Specific, oh, to the cloud. Interesting. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I like Fusion Reactor. I want to use it more, but this is interesting. The cloud, um, the, the, the Fusion Reactor cloud tool is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, a lot of, a lot for a number of sites to, to monitor that. Is that what he's talking about? Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of updates in 8.8, .8, but it looks like a lot of it's sending to the crowd. Um, yeah, so I mean, as Charlie said, scroll down, you see lots of detail versus the bullet points. Um, yeah, he's taking screenshots and arrows and everything, so. Cool. Yeah, I, I like the fact that the database and DB, the DB and the API time is now included on the, the main tab of the transactions. Uh, you don't have to dive into it. Yeah, there's lots of little things, and the archive viewer has those times. Just lots of little um, little things here. Okay. Um, and he's saying yeah. in the chat that most of what's new is not about the cloud, although what is... Um, so I guess what it's minor, it? there's a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, well, it seems like it's sending more information to the cloud on for on-prem stuff is what I'm guessing. But yeah, this, I mean, the cloud version is really good. Um, it's really nice to have that, especially if you have several servers. Having one yep. place to go is definitely a, a big plus. But yeah, I mean, a lot of it just looks like really great UI updates. You know, like some things you have to like dig into to find the details that look way more obvious now. So very cool. And thanks for sending that to me, Charlie. Somehow I missed that doing my prep today. And then uh, we had a tweet uh, about from James about those uh, the new monitoring tool. So uh, we talked about that earlier, the Monica one. So we won't repeat that too much. But uh, James was also uh, tweeting about some other stuff, right? Uh, yeah. So he actually was going through, kind of going back on the CD validation or the validation theme. This is what happens when you um, get to repopulate input values. Uh, so they're talking about the, the conversation that ensued out of it basically was a conversation about and code for HTML attribute and code for H or HTML edit format, um, which is deprecated in CF11 um, and code for HTML and kind of like, what is the best way to approach that? Um, which yeah. is always interesting yeah. because- The docs are terrible is what we learned from James's you know, tweet. Because basically they always talk about, okay, you could use encode for HTML attribute, but the example only shows, you know, the width of an image or the, or the width of a table or an image height or something nothing else and i looked on cf docs and to be honest the the documentation there we need more examples so we should probably get those out but um but yeah i mean basically the encode for library is basically built on the the uh, the, uh, the uh, 
yeah, there's uh, the OWASP stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so basically, usually you have encode for HTML. If it's an attribute inside of an HTML tag, you use encode for HTML attribute. You've got encode for JavaScript, encode for CSS. You got all the different types, and we should be using them for sure to validate and you know encode our, our data correctly. So he was asking if you use it for the value. I said I would definitely do that, um, and you know it's worked for for all the stuff I've done. But it's weird that the documentation is so bland and. Yeah. You know, maybe it's just too assumed, but yeah, it's like well, you should. The assumption that you can figure out what the tag does based on what it's on on what it says, it's usually true when you know what it does. Well, of course, that's perfectly clear because I understand it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the before process that is always gets complicated. Yep, but the encode for a group of tags is really important. You should definitely do that. And if you, I'll just share my screen real quick here. So the encode for has all these different options. So you can do encode for and then pass the type. So you do CSS, DN, I don't know, DN domain name, I don't know, HTML, HTML attribute, JavaScript, LDAP, URL, XML, XML attribute, and XPath. So depending on the type, and I believe there's an encode for and then CSS and encode for HTML attribute. Mm -hmm. And I believe those are in both engines, um, CFML, uh, Adobe CFML and Lucy CFML. But yeah, so like this cool. is a really simple, you know, <laughs> like not the, the most obvious of examples. So you can add examples here. So maybe I should just go add a bunch. Um, but yeah. So what do you do? Go find out what DN is. Is it domain name? Uh, well, this is a URL. So that's a little different, but it's probably got the prefix and everything else. Okay. Yeah. And James is, you know, very thorough. He says more info he, he was researching in 2020. So, yeah, it's just interesting. Cool. Okay, so we had a little uh, command box series um, from, is it LS, LS Nistril? Um, and if we look up here on my screen, um, command box Jasper, the third part. And so um, what is command box Jasper? Well, it's actually at SSG. So a static site generator generator. Um, so basically, you know, they've built several static site generators before. One was built in Coldbox, another one in Framework One. And so this one they're building in command box modules. And so basically it's, you know, goes out and um, does a scaffold. So this is sort of the, a basic blog sort of setup. You put posts, it's very much like if you're gonna do markdown for like, um, what do you call it? Like Jekyll or something else. You you know basically set up your site, all your markdown files and everything else, your layers, uh, layers etc., and then generate it um, from that. And so there's a three part series so far. So um, I think we mentioned this one last week, but there's part two and part three. So if you wanna follow uh, I along. do believe you mean part duh. Yeah. And the third part. I think, I, sorry, yeah. the names of these blog posts were really important. <laughs> I think yeah. They're, I think they're great. Yep. So uh, that's a cool little series. And I know that, you know, Content Box can spit out a static site. Um, and this is obviously a static site generator. There's a few other ones out there. And uh, other people are, you know, using Jekyll and, and other tools as well. Hugo, I think, is another one as well. Um, yeah. And hold on, yeah, Jasper is a static site generator, apparently. That is Ray Camden. Yes, John Ferrar, Jasper's static site generator. Apparently, that's a Ray Camden hot button. Yeah, because I knew that he was doing a lot with like static sites recently. Yeah, he's used several of the time. I think he's working He's working for W now, but he's done a lot of work with Eleventy as well, which is another tool. And, you know, Netlify has stuff that you can use. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there. And it's it's kind of a nice process. If you're not going to be updating content very often, doesn't need to be very interactive, why make it, you know, use an application server? Write your blogs, generate something, and then you can have a little bit of action on certain places. And their tools are pretty smart. Um, 
And actually, I think Adam Tuttle on the Working Code podcast talked about how his blog is built a certain way and how it regenerates. And, you know, it's, it's pretty neat. There's some, some definite pluses to it. You know, not everything needs to be like a, a huge JVM uh, CMS or anything of a site. So. It kinda. is kind of funny that how we kind of come, not, not full circle, but obviously the web is static, and then it was dynamic, then it was very dynamic, and then I was going back to static a little bit, or selectively static, I should say. Yeah, and obviously caching does a lot of it. If you put Redis in front of it, and like, you know, WordPress is obviously a, a PHP uh, CMS, but they put Varnish in front of it, which basically makes it into like a static uh, cache-based serving style uh, site too. So there's a lot of pieces to it, but pretty cool so anyway i think those were pretty neat and i uh, should get those out and then we also had a, a tweet from ben Adal talking about feature flags for his blog and so we have a little video on there as well so if i pull up my screen again for those watching um he says over the last two weeks he's been in his free time building a feature flag system for cold fusion um james asked if it was a semaphore library that adam Tuttle built um but basically you know, Ben's building from scratch and just having some fun playing around. And so if you haven't used feature flags, they're pretty neat. Uh, we use Unleashed. Um, ben uses LaunchDarkly for work, um, you know, and then uh, Adam Tuttle wrote one called uh, Semaphore. But yeah, the whole idea of the way it works and just listening to the way Ben on the Working po the Code podcast talks about feature flags and how he deploys stuff that isn't even finished. He deploys it to production anyway, just puts it behind a feature flag. So the code is there. No one can get to it, so it won't break anything. I was like, really? It's just such a different way to think about things. And, uh, you know, but feature flags are pretty neat. And um, I really learned a lot from that. We've actually got Brian Rinaldi from Launch Darkly speaking at the Into the Box pre conference about feature flags. So you guys should definitely come check that one out because they're not nice. just a bunch of if statements. Uh, you know, that's not just a Boolean flag, essentially. So, um, but yeah. yeah, so this little video here, you can go check it out he's talking about the feature flags and and how it works and uh, yeah i like feature flags so i ha don't cool. use them as much as i should so i want to learn a little bit more but yeah so thanks ben for People sharing aren't, that aren't sure what a feature flag is think about it as real sophisticated if you ever put like you know cf user equals admin and then had stuff in there so you can see it this is like a much more sophisticated way of doing that but having it with, with full features and, and full stuff that's built out. Yeah, I mean, and think about it too. Like the way it works for a good system is when you load the page, it checks to see, you know, is this turned on for this user? And this user might be, you know, we're going to show 80% of our users this thing. And so the feature flag system will actually figure out, are you one of the 80% that we're going to show this feature flag to? this content and then it stores everything in ram so it's crazy fast you don't need to query the database because you could do this in a database and you know turn it on for certain people or whatnot and, but this is all done dynamically you know in cache so it's super fast they even use web sockets to update the cache when something changes in the back end so it like tells it to update there's some crazy stuff oh, that wow. was built into these feature flag systems um so um it's yeah it's it's pretty cool so but yeah, essentially, it's just like, can this person see this feature? And then the rules behind it and how that's built is really cool. Because basically, it's a rules engine. So, right. yeah. Nice. Cool. All right, continuing on. Basically, from James Moberg, uh, the, to the topic here is using Exiv2 to extract GPS data from images using CFML. Now, when I first saw this, I thought it was a typo because I'm like, Exiv2, isn't it? Exif, E-X-I-F. Uh, but actually, Exiv is a C++ library that extracts EXIF data from images and pictures. And so I was right and I was wrong. But basically this is going through and says there is a way to do it obviously built in. There's the image get EXIF metadata. 
he said one of the problems was it wasn't necessarily very performant um and so he was trying to figure out different ways of doing things and this was a way of him hooking up to exif and then getting the data out of it um so that was kind of cool yeah so he's got a little disclaimer on it and talks about performance or whatever too and how to write metadata and it's freeware which is interesting true and actually as james points out not just exif but iptc xml um, more than just exit, uh, e, uh, EXIF, yes. Very good point, sorry. Yeah. See, this I mean, is good. See, welcome to the podcast. The actual authors of these things, we don't highlight them because they're in the chat, but they're good content. They're in the chat, so they can keep us honest. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, there's so much content coming through. We try to skim through, get the key points, and you know, try and make, a, a let's say, an educated statement about it, but usually we're wrong, so it's nice when they come and correct us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And you know what? Maybe we should just make a few more incorrect assumptions and they'll show up more often to defend their stuff. <laughs> That's true. We we strive to perform a well-thought-out, reasoned, rational podcast. And when that fails, we have people step in and correct us. It's good. Okay, so we have another blog post from Ben. So building up a complex object from a multi-step form workflow in ColdFusion. So um, he looked at a, using form postbacks to build up complex objects in ColdFusion. Um, and so we wanted to break up this workflow. And I like it when he does the videos because it just makes more sense when you want to try and watch it quickly. Although it is a 10-minute video. It's pretty neat. But, yeah, it's kind of like basically as you go step by step through, it just keeps building the, the pending form data. And so I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, basically, he's using a hidden form field to hide on, hold on to it. And that's why I was kind of curious. Like, how was he doing that there? Yeah. I know some people yeah, shove stuff into RAM like, or sessions or is he doing yeah. Yeah, because some people put it in local storage. Some people will, um, you know, do do all sorts of kind of tricks with this stuff. And so it's kind of interesting. And, of course, he did start in his previous post. So go back and, and see that one for that. Cool. But, but yeah, it's these little thought experiments. I mean, which makes sense. I mean, you're just, you're just sending JSON as a form as a form field which yeah and to be sense. honest i actually do that with alpine quite a lot like i'll have have a really interactive you know um alpine component and then it just serializes that data into a hidden form field or something like that and then you post yeah. it or when you click the button then it'll create a form field inject it and then submit it that way you don't have to worry about someone messing with your data until you're ready to actually see and submit sure. it so but, yeah, but so if you're not sure about that, there's a great post by Gray before about validating data coming in. So really, it all everything all all comes together. Yep, for sure. So yeah, that wraps up our blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. Um, and I, actually, I think I mentioned the Working po Code podcast just released one about GitHub Copilot before, but I forgot to mention it when I was actually reading it out. So that that episode was episode 82. So you should check out that podcast too. So I guess that counts as this content too. Next up. Jobs. CFML jobs. Yeah. So we have obviously several positions available on the getcfmljobs.com site. One of the community members maintains that it scrapes from all the best places and you can add jobs in there yourself. So we've got a few job postings since the last week's episode. You want to tell us about them, Dan? I do. There's, so we have three, three new jobs listed this week. It's a full-time senior cold fusion developer. This is in Birmingham in the UK, um, not Alabama. Just making a distinction. Uh, that was posted on July 12th. Actually, that's today, I guess. Yeah. All right. And uh, yep, that's in Birmingham. We also have a senior cold fusion developer at London, uh, in London, in the UK also. Basically, the UK is going cold fusion, which is great. Um, and we also have a front end software developer, uh, cold fusion and Angular um, position. And that is in Memphis, I'm assuming Tennessee. All I see is the T here, but I'm assuming it's in yep. Tennessee. Tennessee. Cool. 
yep. not quite maybe not quite as cool as london but definitely definitely a great place to live or yep. to work remotely too and we have some other job opportunities too. So Auto Solutions uh, has some up on the careers page, which I'm going to post here. And then um, Brian Class, who uh, works at John Hopkins University, actually has a job posting there. I'll paste this one in as well. Um, and then they kind of followed up on Twitter. So because it's a government job, there's classifications. And so, you know, there's, you know, set price range based on certain qualifications and everything else. Someone's like, well, that's a little low. But Brian brings up some good points. You know, they've got really good uh, benefits. They've got actually tuition, um, like sort of tuition options as well. So you can get some, uh, you know, because like Brian's teaching classes there, but he's also taking a bunch of classes too. So it's a great small team. They're doing some awesome stuff. Um, so if you guys are looking for a job, Brian over there, John Hopkins University, is a great person to work with and for. And so I would definitely check that one out. Highly recommend it. And then, uh, Carol from the Working po Code podcast has a, a bunch of positions available. And oh, you already posted that when you're on it. And then Nolan Nurk was looking for a part time CFML developer as well. So if you can't find any jobs there and you're still looking, uh, these job channels in CFML Slack team and the Box Slack team, the Working Code podcast has a job section as well. They're everywhere. So uh, yeah, if you need something, reach yeah. out. If you are, and when you apply, don't forget to include this week's Forgebox module of the week. Just, just figured that was a good tie-in. Uh, this this week's Forgebox module of the week is going to be is actually the Command Box Jasper module. Uh, we mentioned before static site generator um, implemented in Command Box, and uh, yeah, I'm let you talk about that because yeah, he's actually put it up on that. Forgebox already, and so you can go sort of get it as he builds it, and that's kind of neat that you can uh, check it out. It's up on uh, GitHub as well. So I'm going to share my screen. So again, it's a static site generator. Um, and then Robert Z is the, the GitHub username. But you can see in here, so he's got some, you know, some code in here. You can go look at the commands in Jasper. So you got the build, init, post, watch, and some of the caching stuff in here. So uh, kind of curious to see, you know, what he's building, how he's building it. So even if you don't want to build a statically generated site, uh, you don't want to use it. It might be kind of nice to go through and, and look at some of this stuff here. So, um, you know, he's using the box at Jason for his package. Um, it's pretty neat. Although I do, you, you do have, um, the YAML file as a dependency. One thing I would say is get a, get ignore in here. So you don't need to have that dependency in here. The box, box at Jason will install automatically for you. Just a, a little advice there, but other than that, it looks pretty neat. And it's great to see people using Command Box to build their own tools and then sharing them with the community. Uh, I really think that's neat and developing in public, even though you can be kind of scary sometimes, trust me, live coding in front of people for the, the coding with the Kiwi. Um, <laughs> I feel the pain, but it's kind of nice to share that. And yeah, I think it's pretty cool. So that is our Forgebox module of the week. Go check it out and learn something about making your own command box modules and maybe you can be a Forgebox module of the week in the future. Okay, our VS Code hint, tip and trick of the week, emoji snippets. So who doesn't love emojis here? Yeah, true. Uh, emoji snippets help developers to insert emojis into their files. You can use these emojis in PHP, HTML, JavaScript, CSS, React, and more. Now I'm going to have to share the, the, my screen again for this because please do, because I got to be honest, I'm not quite sure why the emoji needs to be in your code, but maybe I'm, I'm wrong about that. And remember, if you're using MySQL databases, make sure your collection type and your format of your tables is, I think it's going to be UTF eight sixty four M I forget MB 64 
or whatever. Otherwise, whenever you try and save something, it'll blow up. Because I, we actually have people who post these insert. Like we used to have ForgeBox. If you post an emoji in your ForgeBox description in your box to JSON, ForgeBox would freak out because the database couldn't handle it. So we updated the database, and now it works. But there's certain sites, you know, depending on the database, these can blow up. But there's a That's ton a of them. That's a good point. Emo yeah. The emojis aren't actually in your code, but they may be in a comment that's in your code that needs to be... Okay, I got you. Okay. Yeah, so it's... I mean, I guess it could be. To be honest, um, some of the best passwords are just emojis. That's a good point, too. Because <laughs> no one's going to hack that, except for a machine. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so it's it's pretty neat. But I just thought it was pretty cool that you could have that many. Uh, and then, you know, once you've actually built the extension, you can just do colon happy and then put it in there, or colon fire. And yep. then obviously there's settings for stuff, but there's just a ton of them, you know, emojipedia.com is where they get them from. So there's just a geometric ton of them. It's pretty neat. I don't know. There was so many. I'm like, wow. Cool. Well, some of them don't even work on mine, but yeah, pretty so neat. So can you actually, so in this, I think I'm, can you actually put your own name for like, like aliases? Well, like I think pulling something and that would map over to like this other it's like smiley face one or something or, or do you have to type in the actual like is it a library where you type in the actual well i think you can configure it so in the configuration you can change it i believe or maybe not if not there's another version which maybe we'll try and find that for next week so if anybody else uh uses emojis um in vs code let us know what extensions you're using because some people think the emoji is the most important thing in the world and they want at least five extensions for it but <laughs> well i mean there is a richness of communication that go along with it yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's how VS Code hint tip and trick of the week. We just thought it'd be fun to share that one. And seriously, there okay. are some people in our team at Audis that have to have an emoji in everything. And I don't know how they find these. Like it's one of those things where like there's a comment in Slack. And like instantaneously there's the most obscure emoji that's like, oh, that was a perfect representation. I wonder where that is. And like I'm scrolling for five minutes and I'm like, this is not worth looking for this. Where did they find this? It's probably a tool that allows you to search for them. Yeah, that makes sense. There probably is. There's probably an extension in Slack for that. But anyway. Emoji smarter, not harder. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, well, next up, we want to thank all of our Patreon supporters, because without them, we couldn't make this show. And uh, those are actually personally supporting our open source initiatives with their own hard-earned money. And they allow us to build such things as Commandbox, Forgebox, Coldbox, Contibox, Testbox, and a lot of the other boxes out there. And most importantly, that funding is actually helping to support the cloud infrastructure that the community relies on for Forgebox and the package management with Commandbox. Because uh, we have a lot of storage. Yeah, and we're... You know, again, people are relying on this, and it's it's great to to have it out there. And so that is now being funded by that, which means Audis has more money to spend on other things. So we're you know, obviously we want to build the community up, and so if you guys are supporting us, that means we can support other projects and bigger, better things. So that's definitely a goal. How can they yeah. support us, Dan? They can support us by joining us on Patreon on patreon.com slash Solutions. And don't forget, we actually have annual memberships. You can pay for the year and save ten percent. So not only can you be generous, you can be generous at a discount and still get the full effect, which is great. Yep. And there are different packages too. Box supporter. Bronze supporter is the most, um, well, not the most uh, popular, but it's definitely up there because if you're at $50 a month for the bronze supporter and you get that discount, which is huge, you actually get a free Forgebox Pro account subscription and you also get the paid content on CFCast. And that includes like all the conference talks from previous years, all the sessions that, you know, are paid or included and so you can support us and then you know it's a 
It's a great little package. There are other, are other packages too. Some of them, if the higher up ones actually get free tickets into the box and, and different things. So it's definitely recommend, uh, you know, looking at that and see what's available if you're willing and able to do so. And obviously if you aren't, uh, your support's still important with, uh, whether it's through pull requests or supporting with subscribes and likes and everything else. Um, but yeah, we do appreciate it. But remember those forge, those bronze packages do get those perks. And then, uh, you also get a profile badge on the community website and they get a few other things on, um, the community website too. So they There's get a private forum access on the community website for Patreons. There is also a private channel on the box team Slack, uh, Slack, Slack install or Slack area, I guess you want to call it. Yep. Um, and then we'll, for questions. we'll And so just yeah. to be clear about it, I'm a couple of things, obviously, uh, because, uh, obviously orders people were in, you know, they're in the, in the, the, the main box channels and, and everything. I mean, in everything else. And I think Brad is amazing about answering questions and stuff in the public areas. And that's great. Um, and, and he's, and, I, I think it's amazing how how they do that. This Patreon one is just, but it may take a little bit because it's around doing other stuff. The Patreon supporter is a little bit faster access. So, yeah, we just good. obviously try and give a little extra priority. And if you're in the the CF Mouse Slack and you're in the box channel, you so much stuff is going through there. That's why we created the box team Slack, and so you don't have to be a member of the box didn't be the team you know but that just is basically a setup so that way we can have you know one channel for command box one channel for cold box and that way your questions get split up and they don't get drowned like the cfml slack everything's in one channel so it's just not as organized brad is really great about answering stuff there but it's funny on the the box team slack the community answers most of the questions before we even get a chance to and that's great to have the community working together because you guys have all are invested in the community so we really appreciate that. And of course, if you're a Patreon supporter, you get live access to the, um, my Coding with the Kiwi and Friends stream that we're doing on Fridays. Um, and after that's done, we'll probably, you know, switch it out to more of a, you know, an office hour or maybe like a, a little hackathon type thing. We want to try and do these going forward. So don't worry, it won't always be just me, um, but we're just trying it out. And it seems like people are enjoying it. People liking to come there and, you know, and kick the bucket, do some live coding, experiment with stuff. And it's been really good to, to host. And I think people are getting a lot out of it. And so we're hoping to continue with, you know, maybe other formats, but it's uh, kick the tires maybe the phrase you wanted to use there as opposed to kick the bucket yeah well, i mean i like kicking around but yeah i'll get you a saying no i got what you mean kick, kick the tires just like hey let's go yeah. try it out kick the bucket yeah is, kick I the bucket away, you know? <laughs> okay maybe you gotta sorry not brain. to call you one other thing i was just kind of uh, like maybe that wasn't the phrase you meant i need I a little more caffeine this morning maybe maybe my brain is <laughs> kicking the bucket <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I remember you. you can go to community.autosolutions.com for our community site and uh yeah, we really want to see you guys getting interactive there. And uh, it's it's good to see all the questions there. And it, guess what? It's Google friendly. It's way better than Slack for that. And so if you do have a good question that you've asked on Slack and you get an answer, maybe go to the community site and just post it. So that way it sort of answered itself. Uh, we, yeah. we definitely think it's uh, pretty good. So you want to read the names of our amazing Patreon supporters today? I do. Thank you to our Patreons. We have John Wilson from Synaptrix, Brian um, Gidinelli from Haggerty Motorsports, Reg, uh, Jordan Clark, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Mario Rodriguez, Giancarlo Gomez, David Bellinger, Dan Carr, Jonathan Perret, Jeffrey McGee from Sunstar Media, Dean Motter, Phil De Bruin, Joseph Lamore, John, Don Bellamy, Jan Yannick, Lakshmi Tutahadi, Carl Von Stetten, Jeremy Adams, DDA Lesnicki, uh, Matthew Clemente, Daniel Garcia, Scott Steinbeck from Agri Tracking Systems, Ben Nadell, Brett DeLine, Kai Koenig, Charlie Earhart, Jonas Erickson, Jason Dig 
Digger, excuse me, Sean Oden, Matthew Darby, Ross Phillips, Edgardo Cabezas, Patrick Flynn, Stephanie Monge, John Wish, Kevin Wright, and Peter Amiri. Yep. Thank Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Sorry. Didn't mean to. Over. No, you're good. Yep. And we also want to try and, uh, you know, list those and on our website on the about dash us slash sponsors page. If I pull it up here, you'll see our hall of fame too. So we got some, some, Oh, you're up there. David's up there. So we got quite a few, uh, hall of famers in there now. I uh, am. I wasn't quite sure. What's the criteria for the hall of fame and, 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 and how did I make it? <laughs> Yeah, um, I think it's a certain level or higher, um, and I okay. think if you've also reached a certain level over time, even in a smaller package, I think you can make it up there, which is it's kind of neat. And again, you can do one-time pledges or join, and then we also have our other sponsoring organizations too. Um, but yeah, so you guys can see all the cool people here. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, we, we do appreciate it. And again, um, Bob's Life Marketplace, if you want to see some of our store as well. So we've got some stuff up there. It's there's some interesting things. So if you got some designs, and this is a popular one, I think someone in the community came up with this one. The server is up, command box shirt, and yeah, a lot of different, you know, just just fun designs. So, but anyways, we appreciate each and every one of you. Again, whether you're supporting us through Patreon or pull request or watching and listening to our you know our videos and shows and everything else, uh, we definitely appreciate all all of you, and we're all making the community better, and that helps everybody. So. Thanks, everybody. Have a great one. And we'll catch you all next week. But don't forget, Adobe Developer Week. So we might have to fit it in between sessions. So we might have a slightly different time. I'll have to make an announcement. So you guys have a good one. And we'll catch you then. Sounds good. Have a good week. Bye, everybody. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.